Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dope Black Podcast. Welcome to the Dope Black Dads Podcast. I am your host, Lewis Howell. And today, I know I say every episode is special, but today I am super duper excited because I had an opportunity to be able to watch something. I think actually before most people are going to get the opportunity to see it. So I feel very privileged to have not only seen this piece of art, seen this piece of work, but also to be able to have this amazing conversation with the person behind it all. And you guys are gonna be able to really sink your teeth into not only this conversation, but this amazing piece of work in a very, very short space of time when it is released. So I'm joined by Peter Nix, who is an award, sorry, Emmy award winning, let's be specific, but obviously there are other awards too, but Emmy award winning, because I know that's one that hopefully a lot of people will be able to understand and relate to an Emmy award winning, filmmaker has done some phenomenal documentaries you know we're talking about the trilogy that some of you may know which includes um you know things like the force homeroom the waiting room like just phenomenal pieces of work so peter thank you so much for joining us today how are you oh thanks louis thanks for having me and thank you so much for the <laughs> you know shout out Oh no, of course, of course. We appreciate you making the time because I know that, let's be honest, this is press season. Do you know what I mean? This is press season for you. You've got a very big piece right. of work that's about to be released. So I appreciate that you're speaking to so many different people in order to, you know, help people to appreciate what it is that you've put together here. So let's go straight in if it's okay with you, PR. You know, right. underrated. This is the, the story effectively of Stephen Curry. And it's interesting because your work up to this point that people will know you for has always focused on a particular geographic location being Oakland. Now, Stephen Curry is not originally from there, but of course, being the significant person he is for the Golden State Warriors, you know, he's going to have such an appreciation mm. within the city. But what made you choose to move from focusing on the location that is Oakland to focusing on, in this case, an individual? Well, well, it's funny because the more the more we got into the, the actual film and sort of the, the genesis of it was was partly because of my work in Oakland and, and 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 Ryan Coogler's work in Oakland. So Ryan and I started a company called Proximity Media. We we met over a decade ago when he was making Fruitvale Station, um, you know, which was a story about a young black man who had been killed by police. He he that that young man Oscar Grant was born and later died at Highland Hospital, where we made the waiting room, and, and that's how Ryan and I met. And over the years, obviously, his his sort of rocket took off and he, you know, um, became friends with a lot of celebrities, including Steph Curry. And um, uh, and then we started this company, Proximity. And, you know, Steph 
came to us, he felt it was time to tell a part of his story. He, he had um, made a promise to his mom that uh, he had never been able to fulfill, which was graduating from college. He had left early to go to the NBA, and we know how that story uh, unfolded. But he, it was important to him, and his kids are getting older, and I, you know, I think um, you know, we met one of his kids, Riley, at one of, the, one of the first press conferences when they first won, and they're getting older, and he, he felt it was important for him to allow them to see that education mattered. His, his mom was the first in her family to go to college, and he came to us and said, like, you know, I think it's time to tell this part of the story, which is mainly going to sort of revolve revolve around his, his time at Davidson. Um, and the more I thought about it, you know, he had a huge impact on Oakland. Oakland is a city that is kind of underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood. You know, Davidson College, which is where he went to college and where he came came of age, was, was sort of not a, a college that many people thought came first to mind. We talk about an excellent academic college, which it is. Um, and so all those sort of themes and, and sort of pieces just sort of naturally kind of fit together. And, and it really began our journey, you know, trying to tell his story. The way you've captured the story to me is phenomenal. Like I, I was gripped, I'll be honest with you, to take in a, um, something of that length, I'll be real, I was thinking, yeah, maybe I'll watch it in two or three parts. You know, I'm probably going to have things that I need to do. I was sitting there like, no, I can't move. I was like, I can't move because <laughs> I genuinely need to know. Because, and I, I hope this is not a spoiler or anything, but it's like, you know, you're, you're telling the story of building up towards, you know, the 2022 finals. But simultaneously, we're seeing him go into Davidson College and then the journey they went on getting to, and I appreciate it, I'm from the UK here, so I don't get, I hope yeah. I don't get this wrong, but they're going to like, you know, Sweet 16, Elite 8, all of that kind of stuff. And yeah. so you're thinking to yourself, how far are they going to go as well? Because I don't know the story for right. Davidson at the time he was there. So, right. and it's so, so well crafted, but also, as you mentioned, our ability to see him commit to his yeah. academic study at that particular age. And, you know, I love the little the little thing that his mom said, like, okay, and he's like, but mom, I've won three championships, so let's win the diploma championship too. Exactly, then. exactly. I thought, yeah, I like that mom, do you get what I mean? So, no, that was brilliant, that was brilliant. And, and so I want to come back to the film in just a moment, but mm -hmm. if it's okay, let's learn a bit more about you, if that's all right, Peter, because I think, sure. you know, to get to a point where you're consistently having success with the kind of work that you're putting out, of course, doesn't come easy. You know, you had to work to get to this point. So tell us a little bit about your career and also why you're drawn to the kinds of pieces of work that you actually do now. Oh man, <clears throat> it's a, it's a, that's a long story. Actually, my first documentary was about my journey. Um, as a, as a young, you know, black kid in America trying to find his own identity. I was kind of like born into the story of race in America in 1968. My birth mother was white. My birth father was black. Um, her family threatened to disown her if she married this black guy. And so she made the difficult decision to put me up for adoption. And I was adopted um, at the age of about four months by a black family in um, Ohio. I was born in Akron, which is the same place that Steph was born. So we're both kind of like mixed race, black men born in Akron, Ohio. Who would have thought that? It's kind of crazy coincidences there. Um, but you know, a lot of my story and journey um, has been around kind of identity or not being fully understood or fully fully being seen. And, and, and I think it has filtered a lot into my work about sort of community and, you know, it, the trilogy that you alluded to was a trilogy set in Oakland that really looked at 
the relationship between community and public institutions and, you know, in, in you know, issues like access to health care, criminal justice, education. And along the way, you know, I was raising two kids, being a black dad and, and, and trying to, you know, always allow, you know, my personal life and my family and my community has always been a huge part of what drives me as a storyteller and why I think it matters, you know? And so I think that those, um, those sort of dimensions have always been a big part of, you know, who I am, uh, you know, and what informs my storytelling. Powerful. And, you know, like we're grateful to be able to be here on this Dope Black Dads platform and to hear you talk about being able to manage those different responsibilities of being a filmmaker, being someone who wants to tell amazing stories, but also having those real life responsibilities. You've got a family to maintain. You've got children that are going to need you to be there to be able to invest in them emotionally and all of those kinds of things as well. So it's certainly not easy. And would you say then, you know, for right now, based on the way the film industry is, and I appreciate, you know, as we're recording this, there's like a writer strike going on somewhere. Is that in just Hollywood? I don't know where that is, but I yeah. just, I keep hearing this thing of a writer strike. So, Beyond that, though, what would you say about the state of the kind of film industry at the moment? Does it pose great opportunities still for aspiring filmmakers and emerging filmmakers? Are there challenges that people need to navigate? It, it's a big question that I think is obviously happening right now, in particular on the fiction side. We're, you know, our company does both fiction and nonfiction. So the writer's strike has affected the fiction side of things. And there's just tremendous change that's happening. Everybody's talking about AI. Like, what is AI gonna, you know, how's that gonna affect our creative, you know, processes? And is it gonna, you know, result in fewer opportunities? I, you know, but I think with every challenge is also opportunity. And I always try to, I, I fluctuate between being a half full, glass half full, glass half empty kind of guy. Sometimes I'm feeling pessimistic, but a lot of times I'm just reminded and I think being partnered and meeting Ryan was powerful for me. I remember when I met him, he's this 27 year old kid who I just saw tremendous promise in and that, that we hadn't heard that voice in, in sort of the ecosystem of storytelling and how he showed us the power of perspective, you know, um, reimagining the Rocky franchise from the perspective of a black family creed you know, which is now incredibly valuable franchise, you know, reimagining the Marvel cinematic universe from the perspective of Afrofuturism, you know, um, theaters full of white people going and, and, and taking in these, these stories is, is incredibly powerful. And, and, um, who's being given the opportunity to tell their stories now, I think more than ever, we're seeing a more diverse slate of producers, directors, writers, documentary filmmakers. And so, um, there are going to be fluctuations. I think, you know, with those opportunities has come a increased commercialization of documentary. And I think we're all, I come from a very social issue driven kind of like, I don't know, you say like eat your broccoli kind of like approach <laughs> to documentary, which is like there are important, urgent things in this world that we need to be talking about and engaging and thinking about. I've always tried to sort of bring audiences into subject matter in an immersive entertaining way you know um but i think now increasingly there's so many celebrity documentaries of which this falls into that category that are just empty you know and so i think we have to be really mindful that as we're telling our stories we should not tell stories of celebrities like stephen curry but 
we need to make sure that there's depth to these stories. And that's, that's why we're so proud of, of this film is because it, it has a lot of depth and themes that reflect, you know, Steph is also a black dad who's a superstar, but he's raising kids and he cares about his kids and his family. He met his grandma, Candy. He met his cousins, Mercedes and Lexus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, and, and you see the role that his family played in his life and continues to play in his life and informs who he is as an athlete and a dad. And, and those are all important values to me. And I, and I also think that we can remind audiences of the importance of, of community and mentorship and family and helping each of us realize our full, our full potential. It's beautiful. And, and I just want to pick up on what you said there about the importance of telling different types of stories. But you talked about you know, the role that his family plays in his life when we're referencing yeah. Steph Curry in this sense, but also what you did so well was capturing the role he plays in their lives. You know, you can see how much his children, um, sorry, how much he means to his children yeah. through the way you've captured this. Like, I really felt like I was in their home. Genuinely, I felt like I was yeah. in their home watching this. That was, the, the, that was the whole genesis of the project was that he knows his kids look up to him. He knows his kids see, look up and, you know, they do see probably on some level, they understand he's some sort of superstar celebrity. <laughs> First and foremost, they see their dad. Yeah. And that's why it was, it was important to him. He was like, man, you know, like they're getting older and I need to <laughs> fulfill this promise. Plus, you know, promise that I made to you know, my mom. Plus, they had never hung his his jersey as had not been retired at David. They will not retire your jersey until you graduate. And, and so that um, was something that was very important to him. And he had tried to do it in 2011. And we didn't know um, whether he was going to do it. And I'm not going to tell the, the fine people out there whether he was able to, to achieve that uh, goal or not. But it was, it's, it was hard. It's hard to, you know, fulfill your academic requirements from 13, 14 years ago when you're a wor working NBA superstar and a dad and a brand spokesperson and the, the head of your nonprofit and the head of your brand. And so that was the one thing that we weren't sure how that was going to play out. So, I mean, let's delve into some of the process in terms of being able to bring this together. What were some of your highlights in terms of actually being able to make this documentary, make this film that we, uh, well, everybody's going to get a chance to experience. You know, I think it's always for me, um, sort of access is important. And we wanted to, we knew we weren't going to have complete access to him because he's, um, you know, to his credit, he's a humble guy. And he's also, he doesn't want to distract from what his team today is trying to accomplish. So he's the member of the Golden State Warriors who, each year they're trying to win a championship, you know? Um, and so we had to sort of balance sort of w our engagement with him with respecting the people around him and not, not, not being a distraction. So that was, you know, equally challenging, but also he was giving us meaningful access into his family life and at home meeting, seeing how he operates as a dad, you know, what it was it mean to be a husband, you know, with all these responsibilities. And so, we just wanted to maximize that access as much as possible so that the audience, it gave the audience some context into who this person is. Uh, and and that, that, for me, that's the bread and butter of my work as a documentarian is, is authenticity and making sure that we um, can capture and reflect back some kind of truth about who a person is and the role that they play in their the lives of their family and 
and so forth. So we, we, we were very um, lucky to, to have someone so humble and so accessible to be able to document. So. Because like, this is a question of genuine intrigue. How do you go about getting so much footage? I mean, I mean, I'm, obviously, I understand it's not that long ago when he was in college. So, yes, yeah. of course, things were being recorded. But I just find it fascinating that you access some of the footage you access in terms of just like social things that he was yeah. doing back in college. Like that, that you must have an amazing team you're working with to get access to all of this. So oh, you yeah. can stitch it together in the way you do. Oh yeah. Well, you know, there's several people who deserve credit on that, but you know, our, 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 um, a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Producer, you know, uh, and director of photography, Sean Havey, um, and then Allison Joy Gale, like, really worked hard to try to collect and find all that stuff and they work with matt fisher who's our archival producer and it was just like a a, a treasure hunt and uh, and then jd marlowe our editor who's just masterful he just such a, such a beautiful job once all those sort of raw elements were sort of in, in house sort of figuring out how to use them to um but because we actually didn't have as much as we wanted we you know wow. this was in 2008 the run, the, the, the run to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament was 2008. It was the year after the iPhone came out. There wasn't like people like shooting everything on, on, on these things. Um, there was surprisingly little footage of him growing up as a kid playing. You know, you think like his parents are there at the sidelines, like filming every game. They might have been, but we didn't have the footage. Like we had to scrape and grab like w- everything we could, and we got enough to make it feel like it was, it was. But it was very, very challenging. And we were emailing the entire alumni network of Davidson College, saying, "If you have any video, please send it." And and I was like crickets. Like we we were getting like some photographs and stuff, but there was very little. Um, um, surprisingly little little video but you know we we kept at it matt fisher kept at it we hired people to come in to help and before you knew it like we had enough that we felt we could sort of fill in luckily the film isn't like six hours it's 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 only an hour 45 so (laughs) 
But if it's a six-hour series, then we might have been in trouble. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that could have made it a challenge. But then I'm sure you would have found a creative approach to being able to, you know, tell even more story and really make it even more nuanced and developed and all of that. But one of the things I will say is the interviews you had with some of his teammates from Davidson, Mm emotion you managed to capture from them in term, in term especially when we're talking about their run in the ncaa mm-hmm. tournament like i i don't want to give things away but there are some yeah. moments that you capture from those games some of the slow-mos mm-hmm. like understanding like what was happening for them in times when the team's down when the team's mm-hmm. up when they're thinking they're gonna and i'm thinking the combination of the footage and those interviews is phenomenal like how how did you manage to take them back there in that way so that they could really add to the story you were telling? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember having that conversation, that interview we did with Jay Rich, and I wasn't thinking, like, oh, I'm going to try to make him cry or whatever. You know, I think um, it was a powerful moment for these young men. You know, they were, um, it wasn't even so much about winning per se but every athlete wants to win every athlete who's competitive on that level wants to win and recognizes that they can't do it alone that they're on a team but there was something that had happened there and i think it happens with any team that's special the warriors included that there's a camaraderie there's a family dynamic that that kind of organically emerges and that this particular team was the last time that they were all going to play together. And there was something about that threshold that when we brought Jason, J.J. Rich, sort of back to that moment, I didn't have to do any sort of major prompting to get him into the emotion of, of, of that time. Same with the coach. I, I think this, this is, you know, Coach McKillop, who played such a meaningful role in the life of this athlete who went on to become so accomplished. I think this is the first time that Coach McKillop had really in a meaningful way looked back on this and that that just sort of naturally drew out a lot of emotion in the movie and um, I think it was a combination of that plus some of the editing that JD did that really sort of gave it that authentic emotional um, characters though yeah i mean apart from the the aspect around steph thinking of or asking even if his jersey could be retired and that wasn't able to be done until until you know whether he did or didn't go about being able to graduate was there anything else within the process of making this documentary that surprised you in any way like did you encounter any surprises or things that opened your eyes in any way you know, I think it was, you know, I understood his humility kind of from afar from watching him on TV and stuff. Um, but I was surprised, A, at his presence, like the first time I met him, kind of, he looks you directly in the eye. He's very present. Um, but it was his, his sense of nostalgia for his youth. You know, he he got out his phone the first time we met and showed me pictures of you know, when he was a teenager. You know, it's like he was a kid, you know, and it took me back to when I was like, I went to Howard, you know, you know, and I was like this young kid trying to find my way. And, um, you know, his story is a little bit different, though, because he quickly went from being a kid to sort of being a star, you know, and that that sort of threshold and that transition is 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 abrupt, you know, and so I think you lose that natural um, process that we all go through in coming of age of 
sort of moving from our youth to sort of an adult life. And, you know, I think he misses it. I think he misses the innocence of that time. And I think he also knows that that story has never been told. It's also what obviously attracted us to the project, which is it wasn't just a sort of a last dance style film of like his exploits, many of which we already kind of knew about. It was it was a really a part of his life that was um, somewhat personal that hadn't really been told. And so I think he had a lot of, um, you know, desire um, to sort of tell that. So that that was and then also, you know, the depth of um, how he was overlooked, I didn't fully understand. You know, he was passed over not by all Division One colleges, but by his, by his parents' alma mater. He was the son of an NBA like star. Like Del Curry was no like average player. <laughs> he's like one of the greatest shooters in the history of the NBA. And and this is his son. Here he comes along. He's it wasn't like he didn't do anything in high school. He was a high school star. And um, you know, even Virginia Tech didn't offer him a scholarship. That was that was actually surprising to me. And then sort of seeing it all condensed the way that JD, our editor, put it, sort of put it all together and re reliving that stretch of time when he entered the league um, to the point where they won the first championship, it was fraught with danger and he was getting hurt and people thought he was too frail and he wasn't going to make it and he couldn't hang. And, and even after that, like people were like, it's over, like they're, the dynasty's over. He had never won the MB- and, and the finals MVP. People still were questioning his role in those. So, so I, I think seeing it all as a storyteller, bringing all those pieces together really did underline for me um, the degree to which he was, you know, wasn't, you know, was still is. Whether, whether the, you know, he still is, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think finally he's, risen into conversations, you know, talking about top 10 player of all time, things, things of that sort, which is well-earned. Um, but, um, a lot of that did surprise me and, and it helped earn this notion of even titling the film underrated, which it was always kind of going to be titled that. But in the first time the project came to us, I was like, really? Like under, under, how underrated is this guy? <laughs> guy really? And the more we kind of learned about it, the more we realized how much he was and, and how that has been dr- driving him how that has been sort of an engine, a chip on his shoulder that has sort of pushed him into, you know, working harder, at being better, you know, and, and grinding in, in a deeper way than, you know, I think most athletes do. So, so this is interesting because the question I was going to ask you was around whether there were any other really stark standout underlying themes that almost drove the way you told this story. And I appreciate the title itself, Underrated, is going to be a theme to explore quite naturally um, and I'm really tempted not to word it like this because you're the expert and not me but from what I understand with yeah. great storytelling you need to have almost like a, a dominant theme that allows you so you spoke earlier about with some of your previous work the what role identity plays and actually what role institutions play within a particular locality I didn't know if there were any other really significant themes that you were seeking to explore that helped to then define the way you told the story yeah I mean the, the notion of underrated, and also, you know, with, with storytelling, you want to find something that is accessible and universal, and that it's such a universal idea that we've all felt underrated at one point or another in our life, overlooked, misunderstood. Even myself as a documentary filmmaker, like, man, I'm, I'm struggling to get money, I'm struggling to get marketing dollars for my movies, I'm struggling to get attention, 
And I, I really relate to that. And I, and I think that was sort of, we felt was going to be an entry point for a lot of people. And that, you know, this is a guy that's, he's like average size. I mean, he's sort of a big guy, 6'2", but in the NBA, that's small, you know? So we, we felt that that was a strong uh, idea to ground the film in. And then beyond that, sort of the surprising things that came out, which is the, the power of family, the power of community, the power of mentorship, which have been very strong themes in all of my work, examining kind of institutions like hospital systems or school systems or the police department. You know, it was kind of surprising how the, those kind of bubbled up in this film. And we we knew when, the, when that started happening that we wanted to orient um, our storytelling around you know, characters like Coach McKillop, who played such a strong mentorship role in Steph's life. Uh, his teammates, Jay Rich, who was the teammate on the OA team, who's still in his life, who who you see in scenes of him watching the tournament today at his house, that he's kept these people in his life because these are the people that helped him rise and realize his full potential. So those those notions and those ideas, um, the way that they dubbed, that they, they existed in my prior work about Oakland, which is in itself a city that's kind of underrated and overlooked and misunderstood. Comparing that to Davidson College, which is a school that nobody had ever heard of, which is an incredible uh, academic institution in its own right. But, you know, people have heard of Harvard and Princeton, Yale, Stanford, Berkeley, but, you know, who's heard of Davidson? So it allowed us to sort of, you know, um, make it, 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 it was so much, you know, it was a film about Steph Curry, but it was also a film about so much more than just Steph Curry. And that, that was one of the most, um, revelatory things that, that, um, for me, as, as the edit started unfolding, we realized what kind of what we had. Now, and I appreciate we're going to be bringing this to a close shortly. So that point you that you made there around it's a documentary and a film about Steph Curry, but at the same time, it's about so much more. And you mentioned family, community, mentorship, which of course have been so significant and present in all of your work. So I just want to give you an opportunity to share sort of what your suggestion would be for thinking about our listeners here at Dope Black Dads, people who are not just dads, of course, we've got mothers in here as well. We've got people who just effectively want to go about ensuring that they themselves as individuals and our families and our communities continue to be empowered why should people go and see this? Even if they're not into basketball, I want to encourage it. Even if they they don't know who Steph Curry is, I would want to encourage it. Like, why should they really take the time to watch this film and, and, and appreciate what you guys have put together here? I talk about two things. Like, first of all, like the easy thing is like, as a genre sports documentary, it's like thrilling. As a fan, I love this film. <laughs> like, like when I started seeing same, like, the same. come together, I'm biased, but you know, it wasn't just me who made this film. It was... It was Sean Havey, it was, it was J.D. Marlowe, you know, it was Eric Payton, it was Ryan Coogler, right? So um, it's a thrilling sports doc. It's one of my favorite of all time. And um, beyond that, you know, I think two things. One, for all the young people out there who sort of need reminding that um, they belong, that they matter, that they have power, regardless of whether it's athletics academics you know what have you that um this could be an inspiration for young people it's something that i'm really excited for for young people to see this movie um particularly kids who have really felt that you know 
And then for adults, I think it, you know, it's this reminder that I don't think we realize as adults, whether it's as a parent or as, as a teacher or, or as a coach or mentor, the power that we have in other people's lives, like validating other people, the way that Steph was validated by Coach McKillop will take you just the way that you are. Is it that line? Oh man, yeah. And so that's what I hope you know. This film can sort of remind remind people, and I'm excited to to see that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to add anything because that was the message. If you've taken the time to listen to this podcast and really take them take a moment to explore the beautiful mind that is Peter Nix and actually appreciate what has been put together with this documentary underrated you know really telling the story of Stephen Curry then this is exactly why you should also invest the time don't take the time invest the time to have a watch of this particular documentary because I'm telling you regardless of who you are as we said sports fan or not someone who's a Stephen Can Stephen Curry fan or not Somebody, it doesn't matter. You just want to take the time to watch this, watch this with others and have the discourse and the dialogue that follows. So, Peter, thank you so, so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for the work that you continue to put out into the world because it serves so many of us, gives us an opportunity to develop new perspective and to be able to appreciate the world that we live in, which is so easy to, you know, exist in, but not really understand what's going on around us. So thank you for all of that work. And this has been another episode of the Dope Black Dads podcast. I've been your host, Lewis Howell, and we will catch you on another episode very soon. Don't forget, go and check out Underrated, the Stephen Curry story. Much love, everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Lewis. Dope Black Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.